We wanted to tell them what these proposed increases were, but we were unable to do so. So uh, we pushed back and you as students also pushed back um, and we voiced our concerns to the administration. We told them, you know, you need to take the time to actually consult with students and to get their voices and their feedback and their opinions on this. Um, and we had we had a good win there. So the university actually pushed the final vote on the tuition increases at the Board of Governors back to January 20th. Originally, it was proposed to be um, in, in November. So we got an extra two months to consult with students and to get student feedback and to actually have the university listen to our concerns. Um, so we did get a delay there, which has been great. Um, so we're just hearing back from students now on sort of the impact that this is going to have on them. But moving forward, we want to ensure that student consultation is done properly with the university. So the tuition increases were actually voted upon on January 20th, and unfortunately they were approved. But our concern and our next steps are really working with administration to make sure that students are involved in the consultation process moving forward and they can bring their voices directly to administration because that's not something that we've seen happen in the last few years and that's definitely something that was missing this year. Um, so behind the scenes, something that I've been working on since the tuition increase vote is I've been meeting with a number of administrators to talk about how we can make sure that students are more involved in this process from the get-go. So moving forward, what this is going to look like is a town hall where students can actually uh, voice their feedback on these increases. So we're going to have a scheduled town hall moving forward. We're going to have more consultations with SLC or our Student Legislative Council where administrators come, speak about tuition increases uh, to our student representatives directly. And then also in addition to that, there's going to be better communication from the university moving forward to actually make students aware of these increases and also hear about the financial and other impacts that this is going to have on them directly. That's incredible. I, I think um, you did an incredible job this year supporting the organization and leading the organization through the tuition increase um, process that we had. I think one of the most powerful moments, and you can speak to this too, is, um, and we spoke to this um, with Sandra and Shazia last week, was the immense support that um, the faculty reps were able to garner in their faculties. I think we received something like five or 6,000 student feedback and, and concern and comments and questions within the span of 48 hours. Um, and that was immensely powerful, I think. That is exactly right, Ali. We had um, a lot of support from our phenomenal, let me just say that again, phenomenal group of faculty <laughs> representatives this year on our Student Legislative Council. Um, so because the original tuition vote was scheduled to occur back in November, our student representatives had virtually no time to consult with students because mm -hmm. by the time this information was made public, it was so close to the vote that they actually didn't have a lot of time to solicit feedback. So I know um, we had responses in a, in a number of ways and we had our faculty representatives engage with students in a number of different ways. But in regards to surveying, we had nearly 2,800 students respond to faculty level, level surveys put together by our SU faculty representatives, which is amazing. And students told us that they're at a breaking point. They mm -hmm. can't afford to pay more. They're struggling with housing. They're struggling with, you know, providing food and other necessities for day-to-day -day life as a student. And I think most importantly, they don't know where their tuition and fee money is going. So that's really important feedback that we heard from students because we know that they're paying these tuition increases and they're paying more for fees, but they haven't actually seen the improvement in education quality and class sizes or in the universities, you know, 
crumbling infrastructure. Like we have elevators that don't work on campus. We have, you know, classrooms that need to be upgraded. And, you know, you as students, you're paying so much for your tuition and you deserve more with Mm -hmm. that. So we really want to make sure that your voice is heard by administrators moving forward and that your feedback is considered and it's a part of those tuition proposals because you're paying more. So you deserve to see a comparable increase in quality to your education. It's very true. And one of the big things that came out of this consultation um, or I guess the lack of consultation was um, some action that the SU took in terms of a protest. Did you want to speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. So our initial advocacy win was um, the SU was pleased to have forced the university to propose uh, the board vote on the latest round of tuition increases. However, had the university listened from the start and properly consulted with students as they're required to do under provincial legislation, we could have avoided the situation. Um, So after the board vote was delayed, um, we had also involved the provincial government. We had written to the Minister of Advanced Education to actually request that the board vote was delayed, and we went public with the university not consulting with students. However, after that, we still felt that more needed to be done. So something that the Students' Union did, and I know all of the SU executives were very heavily involved in, is we actually planned a protest outside of the board vote the day that it was actually voted upon for the tuition increases. And we had a really phenomenal turnout from students. I believe that we had over 200 students attend in person. And as someone who was actually sitting in the boardroom when the vote took place, I can say that thank you, first off, to all the students who came out, but also that your voice was heard. Your voice was heard loud and clear in that boardroom. You told us how, you know, this has had an impact on your ability to afford food and housing and other expenses associated with your education. So we ran a successful protest. And one of the outcomes of that, which was actually phenomenal, is that we got a response from the premier about it. And so in the Calgary Herald the next day, the premier actually sort of wrote a response to say that students would be involved in some of the financial supports that the province was putting out moving forward, which is a pretty, pretty impressive impact from a student protest to have the yeah. premier actually respond to that and commit to including students in those conversations about financial supports. Um, yeah, that was a pretty great outcome. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy how students don't recognize the power that they hold. Um, especially when they come together and fight for a common cause. Um, Adrian, how are we looking for time? Are we entering into a mic break or should... Uh... I think I think that was a good time for a mic, yeah? mic break. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Um, in, it, it, as a trend, you know, we, we, we always forget. Oh, that is true. <laughs> I haven't forgotten. I know you haven't forgotten. Um, but uh, what's it called? Uh, we just listened to, well, at the very beginning of the show, we just listened to Love Me Less um, by Max featuring uh, Quinn. I'm not even going to figure out how to say the other part of that name. Um, but uh, n- n- these are all Nicole's song choices. We love it. It's so great. Uh, up next, you guys are going to listen to You and I by Barnes, uh, Courtney, uh, Two of Us by Alice uh Chatter? 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 Yeah. (laughs) And then we'll see from there if we have time for more. See you guys in just a moment on CJSW 9.9 FM. I wanna swim, swim out into the dark night. I 
your right. Got no money in my pocket. Guess I have to hit your right. I would flag down any motorist. I'd run the whole M5 for you and I. You and I. You and I.
Hello, and welcome back to 90.9 CJS. Oh my god, I had a complete brain fart. I'm so sorry. Welcome back to 90.9 CJ... 90.9 FM CJSW. Um, we are joined today by our president, Nicole Schmidt, and I'm so excited that we have you on today. Um, we had a little bit of a host switch up here while Adrian took a quick step out of the room, but he is back, so he will join us momentarily. Um, Nicole, before the break, we were talking a little bit about all of the work that you've been doing as president. Uh, we've talked about... Um, the tuition increases that you've had to deal with this year in terms of the consultations. Um, we've talked about the protest. Uh, we've talked a little bit more about um, the SU elections, which I'm not really allowed to comment on, so that's all I'll say. Um, but moving now, we kind of want to talk a little bit about the Alberta budget. Um, and kind of, that was released last week, Monday, I believe. Um, what can you tell us about that? For sure. So, yeah, let's jump right into the provincial budget. Um, so I think a lot of students might not necessarily be aware, but uh, our students union and actually all of the students unions across Canada do direct advocacy to not only the municipal government, but also provincially and federally. Um, so we're quite involved in work that our uh, provincial government does. And we have, you know, regular meetings with several of our, our ministers and MLAs just to sort of talk to them about what students need and what students would hope to see in big announcements. And one of those big announcements that we look for every year is the provincial budget. Um, so this is a budget that the Alberta government comes out with, and it ties directly into the impact of post-secondary universities and post-secondary schools in Alberta, because it sort of outlines um, not only the funding, but also sort of other areas of support for the institutions, but also for students. So to give everyone listening a very brief overview, so in February of this year, the province announced that tuition increases would actually be capped at 2% beginning in the 2024 to 2025 academic year. Um, so that was one of the biggest announcements to come out of this year's provincial budget. But and in Nicole, addition to that... Just to confirm, oh, that absolutely. wouldn't be this September. That would be next September. That's correct. So that's right. for all students starting in 2024 to 2025. So the 2024 okay. September start to the academic okay. year. So one more year out still. Um, but another exciting announcement was that in addition, the government is providing addi an additional support of $275 per month to eligible students who receive the Alberta Student Grant already. The province is also reducing student loan interest rates to the initial rate of prime after increasing them earlier in their term. I believe that was back in 2019. The government is also extending the interest-free grace period on loans to 12 months and increasing the repayment assistance plan threshold from $25,000 to $40,000 per year, which is also um, good for students. So overall, you know, there were some really strong announcements to come out of this budget. However, we feel very strongly that just like every provincial budget before it, budget 2023 does leave students out and it does actually leave them behind. And it's, you could say, well, Nicole, those sound like really good things, you know, isn't this a positive? And while those are positives, this is another missed opportunity by the government to support students who are facing mm -hmm. the consequences of massive provincial post-secondary cuts and resulting increased tuition. I said this before the break, but University of Calgary students on average have endured a 33% increase to their tuition across the board since 2019. Yeah. And there's been really no 
additional financial supports for students as a result of that. Mm -hmm. So while this budget was positive in the sense that, you know, there's going to be reduced tuition increases moving forward as of 2024, there are a lot of areas that have gone unaddressed by the provincial government in regards to supporting post-secondary students. And that's quite concerning. Yeah. Um, Another big program that I believe was cut a few years ago um, that I know you've been an outspoken advocate for is the STEP program. Um, Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about what the STEP program is and maybe what your plans are around that? Absolutely. So one of the things that we felt this budget was missing specifically was supporting undergraduate student employment. So Mm -hmm. something that I've been a really big proponent of throughout both of my terms as president is for the provincial government to actually re-implement the STEP program or the Student Temporary Employment Program. And this is something that was cut by the current government back in 2019, but it was very beneficial to students in the sense that undergraduate students who were seeking uh, short-term or summer employment opportunities had the ability to do so because what the STEP program actually did is it provided a wage subsidy to employers in Alberta to actually hire undergraduate students and students who are in the process of completing their degree programs and actually give them an opportunity to work during the summer. And I know this was the case for myself, as it is for many students. The summer months are actually when students work to save up for their tuition because they're not Mm -hmm. necessarily taking classes. So it's a really important time to have students be able to sort of financially support themselves. So with the removal of this program back in 2019, we were hearing from students that, you know, one in five, one in four couldn't find summer work, which is a massive problem when you have, you know, 28,000 undergraduate students and that high of a percentage are telling you that they can't find employment opportunities. So one thing that I'm really proud of is I was actually able to lobby the NDP caucus last year and we, we asked them if they would be able to re-implement STEP, and they said that they would should they get elected with the provincial election, and they would actually fund STEP up to 12,000 student positions, which was, I believe, four times what it was previously. Wow. So not only re-implementing it, but also funding it to a higher level, which is massive. Um, I think it's worth noting, too, that Alberta currently does have other employment programs and wage subsidy programs that are similar to STEP, but they unfortunately leave out undergraduate students. They're more targeted at graduate level programs Mm -hmm. and also recent graduates. So this is an area that we were hoping to see more from with the provincial budget, but uh, we are hopeful that moving forward, our current government does look at also re-implementing STEP. That's incredible. That's definitely a huge thing for sure. I know there's so many students who were personally uh, detrimentally affected by the cutting of that program. So it's going to be really amazing to see um, with any luck it being re-implemented. In in speaking to your advocacy to government and what you've been able to do in terms of lobbying different groups and different government um, parties, um, one thing that's kind of coming up that has been in discussions is the student day of action. What is What are some things that you can talk to us about that and tell us, and is there anything that we can do to support? Absolutely. So as I mentioned, um, there's a lot of supports that students are still not seeing from the provincial government. Um, so for some additional context as well, uh, the provincial government, the last four years that they've been in office, they have actually cut, uh, it was $700 million, but now mm-hmm. it's up to one2 billion dollars from all of the post-secondary institutions across Alberta. And that has a really massive effect on students that impacts them because that means that they are paying more money out of pocket to get a post-secondary degree and to uh, get those skills that they need to support themselves and to find employment long term. 
This has had, you know, just a massive impact on our student population here at the University of Calgary. I know I talk to students about it every day who are, you know, having to access, um, you know, food bank supports or having to look for, you know, alternative housing options because they just can't afford to support themselves. And, you know, post-secondary loans are great, but at the end of the day, they still need to be repaid. So we feel very strongly that some of the funding avenues um, that students need to sort of thrive and also to support themselves throughout their post-secondary degree are not necessarily coming from the provincial government or aren't something that we've seen them prioritize. So in response to not only these cuts, but also the massive tuition increases that students have had to bear the burden of the last few years, um, our vice president external this year uh, wanted to put together an event called a student day of action. And it's going to be taking place March 27th um, in the quad on main campus. We'll also um, be inviting other post-secondary institutions in Alberta to be involved and host comparable events on their campus. But what this is, is it's a rally aimed at the provincial government to say, you know, this is the impact on students that these cuts and these tuition increases have had. Um, and we really want them to sort of take notice of that and really consider that going into the provincial election. Because as we all know, the provincial election is coming up in May, and we feel that it's really important that student voices are heard and are considered as an important stakeholder going into this election. Um, so we will be hosting the Student Day of Action on March 27th. I will let our Vice President External uh, speak a little bit more about that once we have all of our communications materials out on that. But just as a uh, quick Heads up to everyone listening. We are looking forward to that event on the 27th. Fantastic. Um, so maybe we can touch on one more thing before we head into another mic break. But um, I think something that has been kind of, um, I don't even know how to voice this appropriately. Something that has been a subject of concern for many students, and this has grown in um, frequency and severity, especially throughout the cold weather, where we see a lot of um, protest groups moving internally um, and inside the building rather than outside. Um, I believe that you're going to help touch on this concern, and I'm going to let you um, word it as eloquently as you can, because I don't think I, I don't think I'm trained for this. I appreciate that very eloquent uh, introduction to this topic, Ali. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, as president, so my my roles and responsibilities include sort of checking in with the other executives, checking in with the the staff who work at the students' union, and sort of working collectively towards our, our goals for the year. Um, but one of the other big parts of my portfolio is dealing with um, issues that come up on campus, issues and areas of concern for students. Maybe it's something related to equity. Maybe it's something related to academics, um, sort of everything that involves a larger issue that affects a number of students typically falls to the president. So the SU president in this case. So one of the concerns that has been ongoing for months, which um, I will leave my, my personal frustrations out of this, but it has been uh, raised to me a number of different ways by a number of different students, and that has been the anti-abortion protesters on campus. And I know that they have protested a number of places now. They've been outside of buildings. They've been inside buildings. Um, but one of my biggest concerns is that students have been harassed, students have been followed, um, students have been shown graphic imagery, which they should not have to be exposed to on their way, way to class. In my personal opinion, you know, if you're paying 
thousands of dollars for your classes and for your tuition, you should be able to walk to and from your classes in a respectful manner. You shouldn't be harassed. You shouldn't be followed. You shouldn't be exposed to graphic imagery. Regardless of you know personal beliefs, I think that it's really important that we have a safe and supportive campus environment and students should not be subjected to that. So I know that I've had a number of students raise these concerns to me. Um, obviously, you know, the free speech conversation comes into play here. Um, everyone is allowed to voice their their own opinions and their own concerns sort of publicly on campus. Um, however, I've taken this in the sense that, you know, we want to make sure students are safe when they're walking to classes. So I've had conversations with administration about this multiple times, um, multiple administrators. And unfortunately, we have yet to see any any movement here on actually sort of protecting students and making sure that they're not um, harassed to and from classes. Um, this is something that I will continue to push in the next few months. But if I if there's any students listening to this right now who have been affected by this or who feel very strongly about this sort of one way or the other, I would encourage you to sort of uh, write administration and sort of tell them how this has impacted you and your time as a student on campus. We, of course, want everyone to be able to get a post-secondary education in a you know safe environment. So this is something that I will continue to push administrators, but it's been quite frustrating that there's been no movement on this and no sort of desire to protect students here. So I wanted to raise that as an issue today just to say that it's something that I have been working on. It's something that I've had a number of conversations and communications about, um, but unfortunately there has been no no movement from administration just yet. Yeah. Thank you so much for your work on that and for your advocacy as well, because I know it takes a, it takes a lot um, to be able to stand up to situations and, and um, I guess, what am I trying to say? Um, situations in which there's a lot of or there's a lack of historical pushback. Um, so thank you for doing that. And thank you for standing up for all students when you do the work that you do. Um, Adrian, I think we might be good to head into our second mic break. Yes, of course. I don't know where we ended off last time. I think we were on Novocaine. Um, yes, we're on Novocaine. Uh, we'll be listening to Novocaine by the Unlike- uh, Unlikely Candidates, uh, followed by Best Damn Thing by Ivy Levon. Levon or Levin? Okay. You nailed it the first time. Great. great. (laughs) Fantastic. This is 90.9 FM CGSW on the SC Weekly Show. Keep it locked. Novocaine. I keep it coming so I feel no pain. I tell my girl that I'm going to change my ways. She knows I'm never gonna change, change. Same old shit running my mouth until she busts my lid. So many problems you can take your pick. I know I'm never gonna change. change. I am what I am, know what I know. I'll let you down if you let me too close. I am what I am, know what I know. You catch me running away.
university thousands of people move about campus every day backpacks on coffee in hand heads down in a hurry to get to a destination sometimes in our quest for the destination we forget about the journey and the connections we can make along the way have you ever wondered about the people walking beside you why are they here what are their goals and aspirations the truth is our university radiates personality and the gauntlet shows it to you The Gauntlet is the university's independent student newspaper. We give you campus news as it happens, as well as the latest in opinions, sports, arts, humor, and more. Pick up your free copy from newsstands all over campus or check us out online at thegauntlet.ca. Video killed the radio star, but at the University of Calgary, they coexist in peaceful harmony. NUTV is the University of Calgary's campus television station and has offered hands-on film and TV production training to the University of Calgary for over 25 years. With weekly YouTube releases ranging from the exploration of B-movies and cult films in Video Vulture to Unzip's exploration of sex positivity, NUTV strives to capture the stories of the university community. If you'd like to become a member or want more information, visit nutv.ca or swing by the studio on the third floor of McEwen Hall at the University of Calgary. 
Hello, and welcome back to 90.9C. JSW, I'm your co-host, Adrian Alcantara, your Vice President of Student Life. I'm Ali Samji, your Vice President of Operations and Finance. And joined with us today is... Nicole Schmidt, I am your Students' Union President. Did you like our intro, guys? It's just because apparently I'm illiterate and can't spell. Um, (laughs) No comment! Anyways, continue with your conversation. Thank you, Adrian. (laughs) Um... Just a bit of a recap before the break, we talked a little bit about the released Alberta budget where you helped explain kind of what provisions were set in place and kind of why it, although is a bit of a win, it's not significant enough for what we were asking for and what we really want to see contributed to students um, in this province. We talked a little bit about the STEP program and how you've been an outspoken advocate for that over the last couple of years. Um, And hopefully moving forward, we may see something like this reinstituted. We talked about the Student Day of Action, um, how um, both RVP External and yourself and the rest of the execs and the SU are trying to organize this Student Day of Action in which uh, we're going to be um, speaking out to the province about our um, our wants and our needs for our students moving forward and really trying to garner as much support from the institutions around Alberta as we can. Um, we spoke a little bit about the abortion protests and how that has really affected and impacted our students, um, particularly with these protesters now moving inside of the buildings um, and really causing a lot of strain on our students um, who have explicitly voiced their concern repetitively and perpetually over the past couple of months uh, with really no avail. Um, that was a lot. But anyways, <laughs> moving on. Um, yeah, it's a lot because we have a president. We actually have a good president. We have a fantastic wow. president. That's high why praise. there's a lot to talk about. Thank we you. Do? <laughs> it is high praise because I hate everyone. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you all. Um, I think what we wanted to talk about next was an, another thing that you've been working on heavily this year because of, again, the lack of consultation that we experienced this year and kind of the eruption that followed. Um it's the consultation guidelines document. What can you tell us about that? Absolutely. So thank you for that lovely recap, Ali. Um, so the Students' Union this year, we've had, I'll just take a moment to note that we've had some really good wins for students. Um, as I spoke about a little bit earlier on in the show, we were actually able to get the Board of Governors vote delayed on the tuition increases, which I'll just note does not happen very often or at all. Um, mm-hmm. We were able to do that because students were not adequately consulted with. With the protests that occurred, uh, we were able to get a response from the Premier and the provincial government. And as a result, they're actually including students and undergraduate students specifically in a lot of their affordability supports that they've recently announced. Um, I was able to lobby the NDP to get a commitment to re-implementing the STEP program. But I think, you know, a lot of these big advocacy wins that we have as the Students' Union don't come without a really big fight. And whether it's, you know, administration or government, we want to make sure that students have an opportunity to be heard and have an opportunity to be consulted with. 
Um, you know, I, I do a lot of advocacy on behalf of the student body, but I think it's important that our faculty representatives and undergraduate students are included in that conversation as well. And I think our administration specifically really needs to take that into account. So something that I ran on as my campaign platform last year, um, but also have been working a lot on this year is something called the Students' Union Consultation Guidelines Document. And this is a document that actually, um, document or policy that exists at a lot of other post-secondary institutions in Alberta and across Canada. I know the U of A has something like this as well as UBC. But essentially what this is, is it's a document that outlines principles and best practices for consulting with students. And this is consulting with students on any issues that may affect them. So this could be something as uh, direct as tuition increases, could be fee increases, or it could be something such as the University of Calgary Bookstore, which I'm sure a lot of students will remember the university moved to actually privatize two years ago. So I wanted to run on this point as one of my platform points this year because I feel that students really need to be included in the conversation whenever decisions are made by administration. And that's something that we haven't seen a lot of in recent years. And in my opinion, is actually it's getting worse. It's not getting better. So this is something that um, I've been working with staff and with the other executives to draft this year and to present to administration so that we do have a type of agreement and a set of guidelines moving forward as to how to consult with students. Awesome. I think that's that's honestly like huge work, right? Because I mean, the big idea is when we have these guidelines and stuff in place, it creates more of a reference point, especially for us as student leaders to really be able to um, have as a foundation or a guideline for our consultation and for what we expect in terms of the bare, oh my God, I didn't want to use this, but the bare minimum uh, <laughs> of what we expect. But I think it's really important that you have this in place because what it really enables us to do is hold um hold our elected officials and hold our administrators accountable um, for what it is that we can commit to. So again, great work on your behalf. And we all really appreciate the situations that you're really putting yourself in, the hard conversations you're having to have in order to get these all put together for us. So thank you. Um, I think another big issue that we wanted to kind of touch on was the preferred names issue. Um, And I think this is actually going to be newer to me too so i'm really interested to hear about this absolutely well thank you um again for just the the transition there ali and yeah i really wanted to use this episode today just to talk a lot about um just the work that's going on behind the scenes because i know students are aware of tuition students are aware of you know some of our provincial advocacy but there's a number of issues that happen day to day on campus that i feel we don't necessarily get as much opportunity to talk about or maybe students aren't as aware of so one of these issues that i feel is just so important and I know has been raised um, by several of our faculty representatives, not only this year, but last year as well, is what we're calling the, the preferred names issue or the preferred naming issue. And essentially what this is, is students who register at the University of Calgary, whether they be undergraduate or graduate, don't have an opportunity to write into the university system what their preferred name is. So they input their legal name and what their name is on their identification. Um, This is for not only the university, but for the government's purposes. But they don't actually have an opportunity to input if they have a preferred name or preferred pronouns, um, which is a really massive issue because essentially once they register as a student at the university, 
this name is sort of input into all of the different systems that exist for students, whether that be D2L, whether that be my UFC, whether that be something as simple as, you know, a club's booking system or an equipment rental system through active living. This name is sort of everywhere. And students don't ever have the opportunity to change that because it's set as their legal name. So something that we've been doing a lot of work on, not only this year, but last year, too, is working with um, some administrators to actually change this. And you might say, Nicole, well, that seems like an easy fix, you know, just sort of add in a field to allow students to put in their preferred name. But it's actually it's it's quite a complicated situation because the university uses so many different systems, whether it be uh, career services, whether it be clubs booking, whether it be for any type of, you know, active living system online, whether it be D2L. And that name has to be updated in all of those different systems. And there has to be a field to allow for the students' preferred names in all those different areas. Mm -hmm. So we've been doing a lot of advocacy work on that. And I am happy to announce that it should be resolved. We're hearing from administration by the fall of this year. Um, That's a massive equity issue. You know, we need to have students be able to input their preferred name. So thank you to all of our faculty representatives. And I know several of our executives last year who worked on this. We have made some good progress. um, So that will be changed ahead of the fall semester. That's amazing. Again, huge wins, huge, huge wins. Um, Just being kind of cognizant of time. um, Do you want to talk a little bit about your QM application? Absolutely. I'm really (laughs) excited about this one. For sure. So I think this is probably the the last thing that we're going to chat about today. Um, But Quality Money is a program that exists at the University of Calgary. So Mm -hmm. it's in partnership with the Students' Union and the university. And basically it allows students or any member of our campus community to submit an application as to an area of improvement that they want to see on campus. And so basically with this Quality Money application, they can put in a requested budgetary amount Mm -hmm. and then the Quality Money Committee adjudicates it and awards it uh, accordingly if they they feel that the application is something that's needed on campus. So something that... I feel is needed on campus and has been needed for a number of years now is a designated source of mental health funding for students. Specifically, what I did this year is I put in a quality money application for what I was calling the mental health bursary. And what this bursary would allow students to do, should it be approved, is it would give students $1,000 for mental health and therapy expenses specifically. So if they wanted to seek a therapist, they would have $1,000 to do so and they could pay for, ideally we were thinking five appointments, but we're hoping for more if we can get cheaper rates for students to see therapists in sort of the university area in Northwest Calgary. But we really, um, I really wanted to give students the opportunity and the ability to seek out a therapist and at least have sort of a few initial appointments to, you know, meet a therapist and sort of get some tools or techniques that they might need for their mental health and really to support their post-secondary studies. Because right now in Alberta, there's no designated source of mental health funding for students. All of the institutions get mental health funding from the government, but it's nowhere near enough. Um, So this is something that I really felt was needed on our campus and I felt that would support a large number of students. So that's something that I've submitted an application for. We are waiting to hear back, but should it be approved, um, I'll be announcing this and sort of how students can actually go about getting this funding. That's incredible. I mean, Nicole, you've done a lot as president, right? Over the last two years, you have contributed so much to the student population. You've contributed a lot to the leaders that 
you've been the leader of the leaders, right? So you've contributed a lot of motivation to the leaders that you have um, guided and mentored over the past couple of years. But by far, I think one of the most significant things that you are imparting on the students and on the greater campus community is this QM application because the topic is so important yet so underfunded and underspoken about. And mental health is just as important as physical health. It is just as important as the food you put in your body, the sleep you get at night, um, and the work that you do during the day. And I think having a president that is so passionate about mental health and going out of their way to work with administration and work with the registrar and work through the, the, um, hurdles necessary to get this approved is extremely inspirational. And again, amazing fantastic incomparable work that you've done this year but by far i think i'm so so proud to have been um working under you as a vp i've learned so much and i think that this project in general just highlights how much you truly care for the students and how much you've really done so thank you so much for all of the work and i mean that i think i talk on behalf of the twenty-eight thousand students who you have represented for the last two years so thank you nicole i'm a little bit teary over here wow <laughs> thank you so much ali for the high praise i don't know if i deserve all of that but i just wanted to say you know i've been really lucky to have been re-elected to this position not only elected but re-elected to this position and yeah. i've had the opportunity to have a positive impact on the students that i represent um you know this this job we deal with so many different areas on on campus but these were the few that i i felt were really important to, to sort of see through to the finish line over the next few months yeah. um but thank you so much for the very high praise and for once again for having me on today it means a lot of course and that wraps up today's show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been your host, Adrian Alcantara, Ali Samji. Sorry, should I say it for you? Were, yeah, you just were, do it. Okay, fine. you are not paying attention. <laughs> I, have, I have checked out. Yeah, it's okay. And Nicole Schmidt. Um, <laughs> uh, we are your SU executives. Well, some of them anyways. Um, and we are going to The see only ones that matter. Stop. We're going to see you guys next week with our lovely club, Biodiversity Exploration Association. See you guys. Yeah, next week. Oh, I already said that. Uh, we're going to end off with Kiss and Tell by Frawley. CGSW 9.9 FM. Keep it locked. Won't fall for the wicked games that you want to play. Oh, no, because I play them too. Won't listen to what you're saying, because I know you're faded in the morning. Your feelings fade too. You say that you're crazy for me. But I just think you're fucking crazy, baby, no Don't kiss and tell, don't kiss and tell Don't kiss and tell me you love me, you lie and you go to hell Boy, what the hell, don't kiss and tell me you love me You know you just lie to yourself Don't kiss and tell, don't kiss and tell Don't kiss and tell, don't kiss and tell You're crazy for me, no. 
listening to CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. We're all just clowning around. Last night I stopped off for a beer on my way home. And I saw this broken-hearted sweet thing crying all alone. My tender heart was deeply touched at the sight of a woman's tears. So I said, hi there, as I pulled up a chair and I ordered us a couple of beers. We must have drunk a gallon of brew when I looked at my watch, it was half past two. And I suddenly realized I hadn't even called my wife. And knowing what would happen to me when I got home, I nearly broke my neck getting to a phone. And here's what I told her in an effort to save my life. Don't pay the ransom, honey, I've escaped. Considering what I've been through, I'm in good shape. Well, my wrists and ankles are a little sore from the tape. But don't pay the ransom, honey, I've escaped. Somewhere tonight On your way home In a poker game Or with a good looking dame And it slips your mind the phone Don't blow your cool like a crazy fool And tell your woman where you've been Your situation requires imagination And I've got a suggestion, my friend Tell her I don't pay the ransom, honey I've escaped Considering what I've been through I'm in good shape My wrists and ankles are a little sore from the tape But don't pay the ransom, honey, I've escaped No, don't pay the ransom, honey, I've escaped Why, yes, this is Cam speaking. That's right, The Good Medicine Show. Broadcasting from the usual CJSW radio towers located on the land of the people of the Blackfoot Confederacy, located inside the greater Treaty 7 region in a city that is home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3, who, hey, just saw the billboard. Can you believe that over 96% of us voted for self-government? Wild. Just wild how indigenous self-governance could be such a popular idea. It's almost like it should be more widespread. Actually, though, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be. But if I get talking about that, I'll feel like I'm in class, and that's where I'm going after this. On with the show. We started off today with Don't Pay the Ransom from Nat Stuckey. Definitely a song that's Stuckey in my head. Oh, This week, let's get into some more of those tracks, though. We'll keep it rolling acoustic for a while this afternoon before it picks up here's cat clyde on cjsw 90.9 fm I fell in love with the moon 
Secret sign. 